Hey, hey, for for all the crap that we've stolen from all the other languages, you can't expect anyone to know all the proper grammar. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is getting tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my ineptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff... Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome to episode 86 of Getting Tabled with your host, The Bruce. Hello, folks. Back again. Back into it. And we have ourselves a major problem. Well, it's not that major. I mean, he's here, and, and just, just a it's a major. bit of a problem. Uh, and that's Major Sock. Hello, everyone. It's good to have everyone back again. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. And above me is George the Yank, who's somewhat doing okay in, in Wyoming right now. The land of nowhere. A man of good grammar, so he says. I'm putting the lotion on my skin so I don't get the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before I get into the news, George, are you happy? Um... That's such an existential question. Um, am, what is happiness? Is it like being able to sleep a full night or having food or getting a thing that has 50 bajillion dots on it that people are going to give you sh- crap about for uh, paint not painting? Well, the, yeah. well uh, Dave, Dave said it was okay. Although, although Dave did say that he's not okay. going to do it either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the news Thanks, and we'll discuss Dave. this. Newly received or noteworthy information especially about recent or important events. All right, and so, on screen now we have our... Finally. Yeah. This thing is massive. Um, um, one of the comments calls it the are- Shaltari paid, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Like, based that off the, the Human Centipede movie? <laughs> yeah. It's either that or it's the ant that wears its own its own heads on top of its head to create, like, a giant hat. Yeah. It sheds exactly. its head. So I, I, I'm kind of got mixed uh, feelings about this model. Well, well, finally, yes, the Shaltari have their behemoth. Um, pardon the uh, the dog. He's being a needy jerk. Um, there is a whole lot of legs going on that. Yep. Yeah. And then, oh. like, if this was in April, I would have been like, Dave, are, are you kind of messing with us here? Because the structure of this thing looks really weird. Well, a lot of Shaltari stuff really weird. I, I understand uh, that. But... I think this one takes the cake, though. Yeah, I mean... It... <laughs> I'm curious I mean... to know how much of this is going to be posed. I don't think you're going to be able to pose it too well, because if you pose it the wrong way, it's going to tip. Yeah, it, it looks like yeah, it's going to be agree. very top-heavy with that uh, triad on top. Um, yeah. Which, uh, what's the Shaltari thing about triads? Like, are they like feng shui or something? Yeah, they they like them a lot because it's got something to do with the sharpness of, of the of their spine. Um, but this is pretty cool. Actually, look at this. This actually doesn't have too many dots. No, they're all, they're all on the inside. I can see quite a few of them. Well, well yeah, I, the, the, the yeah. But comparing this to it. even like a heavy battle cruiser, you know, yeah, this is not that many dots. Well, you have no excuse then. You have to paint them all. No, Dave said I don't have to because he's not going no, to. But you said there's no, there's enough of them. No, that you don't have to. No, no, Dave said. <laughs> Dave, Dave also said that you, Dave also said no George you got to paint them all um he was yeah for those that don't know well you should join the Patreon there's a video <laughs> um or go yeah. and watch TT Combat's Twitch channel where Dave you've probably got a few more days before it'll disappear at this point your stuff on Twitch only stays there as a backlog for a certain amount of time um I I like this it's very very different um the only thing the other ones well yeah 
the only thing I don't like is the fact that we only have the one angled shot, and I kind of want to know if it's hollow on the inside or not, and you can't really tell from this angle. I think the fact that it looks hollow might be a little bit of an optical illusion, just because of the angle that we're on. I'd like to get some more shots, but I doubt we'll get any more until next week. This isn't even on the previous site yet. This is only on their Facebook. Yeah, oh, actually, so, hang on. There's a video. It might be on the video. Yeah. Uh, what I don't like about it... Much on the video. Yeah. What I don't like about it is if you look at the, the Scourge, you know, it's tentacles. That's awesome because Scourge. You look at the PHR and the UCM. These are gigantic, huge mechs with gigantic, huge legs. This one, these look like the same legs from all the other giant, bit large walkers. And it's just got like, what? Uh, there's four, seven, eight, nine. So we'll call it 18 to 20 legs. I I, I don't know about that. I, I, I think the Shaltari have, you know, enough anti-grav technology, enough, you know, whatever else that, it could have been a different design. I mean, this is the direction Dave wanted to go. Um, it does look Shaltari, so you, you can't fault him there, at least. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see what that big gun on top is, because usually by the time you get to something, you know, really big and heavy duty for the Shaltari, the weapon is ridiculous. True. Yeah. My guess is that's the anti-behemoth uh, weapon. Um, An but... anti-behemoth behemoth? Yeah, exactly. Well, Say that five times now. Fox. There was one that we didn't know that there was one of those coming. Yes. Um, it was teased rather early on that one of them would be anti-behemoth, or at least that they would have a build-out that was... I also suspect more than just the one gun. Um, looking yeah. at the video, I think at least part of that centerpiece is hollow. I'm kind of hoping it's not. If it's hollow, that's... No, I would rather... Otherwise, it's giant scene. One of the Scourge well, already... Well, I was going to say, yeah, the Scourge already have the lockdown on that, so... Yeah. yeah. Know, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, when this goes live on the website, we'll picture... Um, but I wanted to talk about this because, well, we've been waiting to see it. And like, to be fair, I don't know why this one took so long. I guess it took so long just because, well, they didn't... You've got five million pieces to put together and half of those are the legs, as George mentioned. I don't have a problem with the legs, honestly. The fact that it has so many legs might help if there's posability in it, keep it more stable. Um, But because obviously the base way with the legs are is wider than the rest of it so that it doesn't tip. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. I I can see what George is saying. I just don't have that. I I will say these legs are a lot bigger than the ones that the Jaguar and the other War Striders have. I don't know. If you look at that tank, they look about the same size. So that's the Cayman tank, and the Cayman tank is about four inches long. Okay, so, look at the look at the troops there to the to the right. Correct. So they, you could be right; they may be the same size as the warship. Right? I have to look at my Shaltari and kind of look at them at a scale. Yeah, uh, but we can definitely uh, tell that this thing's going to be over six inches tall because that middle square building in the back is a six inch building, and, and it towers. Uh, just it, yeah. the, and it towers over it just by the angle that we're looking at it. So. This thing's probably going to be six, seven and a half inches tall, depending on how you pose it. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I am on record a couple of episodes ago saying that I would love to see more people doing towers that just look like terrain. Well, guess what Sarissa Precision are doing? Tower, Nice towers that look like terrain. Literally. They've got one here that looks like an ancient castle. They've got one here that looks like it's out of World War II. They've got another one that looks like it's one of the mega city blocks from Judge Dredd. And we've got another one that's perfect for Bushido. Uh, I assume that there will be more of these. Uh, this is a Kickstarter that they have coming up shortly. This is all pre-coloured. Um, the last pre-coloured one I story. Thanks, Justin. But the fact that the fact that someone is jumping into the market of making Dice Tower terrain, yeah. I, I think that's huge, just because that's, that's one of the biggest problems with playing a game is, where do you roll your dice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, like, we do know that there are other people that have done this. 
this is why I've discussed this in the past. Um, I mean, TT Combat have one for Drop Zone, for example. Um, they've also got one in their Wild West range. Um, Grain Silo. Turns- There's a Frostpunk game. Yes. Yeah, the board the game. Board- yeah. I was like, what? Um, I like the look of this. I mean, we, we've only got these images at this stage. Um, apparently, well, this has been coming for a while. They're talking down the bottom here about in 2009. So this has been planned for a while and off. So it'll be, I, I suspect that we'll get some unlocks uh, for stretch goals and so forth. It'll give us some more designs. I wouldn't mind seeing something a little bit more, dare I say, grim dark. Um, I mean, the judge sort of. But, well, I was trying to use generic more, term. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say the, uh, um, the, the judge dread one uh that looks like it'd be good for like an infinity type game too you know just yeah. the, so um yeah i would i would love to see this uh uh have at least four unlocks where you get four other styles yeah um i don't i, I honestly don't know why uh more companies haven't jumped on this you know dice tower as terrain uh idea i don't know i mean it, it's probably a little harder to design than we think it is maybe um but at the same time, because the, the problem is, is that they're all ultimately end up getting to look the same. You just take going to have a little bit of decoration and you got to find a reason to have the yard in front of the building. Um, that, that would be my thought, is that it, maybe it's just not as easy as we think it would be. But it seems like, like you just take a building, cut a hole out of the front of it, and you have a yard in front of it. Obviously, you've got to have the internal structure so that the dice get knocked around and come out randomly. Have, have you not seen the mausoleum terrain from you know Fantasy, where you literally have a graveyard and a building? Yeah, I mean, but if you, I, I mean, I'm just trying to guess as to why more people haven't done this. I mean, to me, it seems yeah. like easy money, uh, because as much as everybody has terrain, this is an idea that most people won't have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just that that's my th- moving on. There's this little company called Games Workshop that we occasionally talk about, uh, and they're doing more of this. We're giving out rules thing, which again, for those that don't know how rare this is, I know we're talking about it two episodes in a row. Hey, this is hey, insanely Bruce. rare. This doesn't happen. This is why they're charging more, probably. Hey, we'll charge more for everything, but we'll give the rules away. No, they're, they're doing this. As, <laughs> this particular one in particular is... Um, oh, I realized the next one that was the free rule. Oh, no, I didn't put it on there. Okay, I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, they're giving away some very simple basic rules for their kill team. Uh, it's not the full thing like they did last... Um, I just realized the article that I thought it was because I decided that it wasn't really that exciting. But still, like, it, I'm giving credit where it's due because Games Workshop are a company that don't do anything and they have openly been doing that of late so i'm giving credit where it's due uh, and when i say like they don't do anything for the consumer none of their deals <laughs> like nothing like none of their bundle deals not, like nothing is done for the consumer i mean it's so that's that's fine um but there seems to be at least for these five minutes a conscious effort to actually do but okay kill team they're doing an annual so i have mixed feelings about this personally um so this annual is like an annual an annual refresh that's going to come alongside a new big box because of course there's a new big box um i'm starting to get as negative and everything on the box a lot of us are at this stage um there is some really nice models that are being teased alongside this, but basically what this article is talking about is how we're going to get an annual refresh every year now, um, which the reason that I feel negative on this is because it basically is turning Kill Team into Warhammer and Age of Sigma, and one of the things that I liked about Kill Team uh, is that it wasn't 
that and it was like it was just a skirmish game whereas they're clearly trying to turn this into something that you have to be buying um it'll it's too early to tell maybe that is just me being a little bit too salty um but games workshop do this all the time with everything so i don't know why i'm surprised an annual is not necessarily a bad thing because obviously it's also a chance for them to balance the reason i'm doing this when i say balance is games workshop don't know how to do that uh, i'm sorry they don't uh, they never have well the, the problem is with balance is because you know they only do like two things at a time well it's not if it's I'm not so much done, just that games workshop the, like as much as i'm throwing shade uh, games workshop don't actually try to do anything balanced either they're more interested in the game at the game being fun than they are the game being that like they don't actually aim to make competitive games. it's just that because they're so popular that's what the player so that's why quite what? frequently you get things that are so outbalanced and so broken because that's that was never their aim to begin with and they've never pretended that that was their aim either well and, and the problem is too is you know they start with a couple and they do a couple of time and by the time they get through the range the stuff that they did at the beginning has just been trounced over by everything else they've done because they didn't do it all at the same time. That's yeah. what you have to do. That's why, you know, Privateer Press, uh, Infinity, uh, Bushido, TT Combat, Bushido, like all those games where they do everything all at once, everything's playtested all at once. Guess what? It tends to be more balanced. So I, I can talk about, like, Bushido, what Jason Enos appears to have done. Um, now, we don't know this for a fact, because I don't know for a fact whether he's actually said that he's done, but I'm pretty sure he had, because there's been enough talk in the community, is that he went through all of the abilities that everybody has and has actually worked out exactly what those abilities cost. Um, now, we don't know what those factors are, but it means that every time they release a new thing, they already know what it needs to cost for it to be fair, because they yeah. worked all of that out to begin with. That is an extremely rare thing in this industry. Yeah. And as someone that's currently... Working on a secret project, I'm starting to appreciate that a real lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're, we're seeing in the Star Wars Legion community, uh, everyone that's a Galactic Republic player feels like they just got nerfed. And is and right now in the tournament settings, that how often do they do their is, they because they, they do an annual refresh as well, don't they? They actually almost do it biannually. Um, they'll, they'll put out okay. So every, oh, well, twice a year. No, twice a year. They'll, they'll do okay, yeah. Points. So yeah, that is that is gross. Yeah, uh, points updates and stuff like that. And so because um, they're we're expecting to see one here in the next month or two. Um, okay, on some, some stuff. Biannually, so. I would argue that that's problematic. All right, moving on um, to a little company called Games Workshop. <laughs> um, Another one. I need to get a new joke. I've been using it for six months. Um, okay, so we have a new figure coming out for Necromunda, which is another one of these games that now also gets regular. Uh, but this one is Sky Cycle, and I really like these models. I would um, say these are probably arguably some of the best models I've seen in the industry. It definitely reminds me of Orc stuff, and I suspect that that's not accidental, given that we're talking about Necromunda. Uh, mm -hmm. It also, I mean, this is very clearly going to be something that you can only build one way, but I suspect that there's going to be more. To, like, that these ones that they're showing off show different hairstyles, and that's it. I, different weapons. Different weapons different on the weapons? sides, too. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yep. It, it's very... It was hard to see at first, but yeah, you feel it closely. It's yeah, different weapons. But even just painting them different colors has already made each of a lot. Yeah, um, this is a kit that I think a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I, I, it, I it would. It seems that we're getting vehicles for every faction. Yeah, I, I would use these as like some other like you know sky bike or hover bike or whatever for forty k. Like that's how good these look. 
But the, the, these look like orc bikes, and I don't think that's accidental. Mm. I think they've been designed to look that way on purpose because Necromunda is backwater, nobody cares about it, so what do they do? They're throwing things together, which is what orcs do. That's just my thought. I'm going to go look at some orcs right now. But keep talking. <laughs> Specifically, Speed Freaks is <laughs> where my thought came from. They don't really have flying vehicles. Well, sorry, they don't have they flying have- bikes, but that's what this reminds me of, is orc tech. I'm not saying that they have stolen orc bikes, I'm saying that they have that feel because that's how they would be built in worlds by throwing things they, together. They, they, they look more, they look very orcish, but they look more put together than orc. That's like, fair. The, like, t- to me, these look more like what the uh, the Vespa squad should have been riding in uh, Boba Fett. Anybody else notice the leopard print type designs on the back of their fins? Yeah, I did. Uh, is that, is that they're uh, uh, sponsored by uh, uh, Joe Passage? Sure. Am I supposed to know who that is? Tiger King? Uh, that's why I don't to know who that is. High school in Laramie, Wyoming. Not an exaggeration. He did. You, you poor thing. Are you okay? How, how did you survive I mean, living I'm... near that? <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, I really like. Do they actually do show the artwork that's inspired it as well? Um, that they've kind of exaggerated it, kind of made it look a little bit more broken down than the actual artwork itself. Because the like the intake in the original artwork looks like it comes from an actual jet, whereas the one that's on the model obviously looks like it's something from World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, really like I'm cu- It makes like me said, curious I- to see what everybody else is going to get now, because if everybody's getting vehicles, don't know what you do for the Delac, unless they end up with those ugly-looking limousines they've done for... Um, um, you know, like I said, I, I would say this is probably one of the, the, the best-looking, you know, bike minis in, in the industry period. I really like it. I wouldn't go that far, because... The ones that I've been purchasing lately, I do. The, the, the Affinity ones, don't, they look good too, but... For different reasons. Yeah. The things I like about vehicles like this is they kind of only work in this setting. Like in any other game, you would just look at it and go, well, that's just a 40k. Uh, that you yeah. don't, it doesn't work in any other setting, which should sound odd what? and should be a bad thing, but it's not. It, it helps the world feel more itself. Let's be honest. Look at those, you know, in any any setting, period. They just, they shouldn't work, period. Because, mm. well, it's a giant jet engine. Your city of stride a jet engine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and last on the Games Workshop front, we are looking back at the Leagues of Voltan. Uh, because, and I'm going to thank George for this story, because I didn't even see it. Um, this guy is really cool. It's like so, it's the, like a squat met up with um, with Khan the, and, the the primary... and, they des- and they decided to have a child, and this is the result. Actually, I'm going to say, it looks more like the uh, Primaris Captain. Yeah, I can see that as well. It, it, it's oh, it's almost virtually the same armor, except for well, it's a short squat uh, uh, armored guy. And, and let's be honest, you know, power armor is power armor. Yeah, you can't make so. too many differences in power armor. But this has, you know, the dwarven influence in the belt. He's got a little thingy coming off his his backpack with the dragon head. You know, he's got the the other symbology across the armor. They're doing what they can to make it, you know. Not a space marine. It's still power armor, and it's a space marine part kit. It's scarily yeah. rare for them now. Um, like, well, the amount of stuff that they're doing now that's just monopose and stuff. Although this doesn't say that it'll be mo- that it'll be multipose, so it may not be. I bet. Um, I say this. It. it reminds me of Jekatakan a little bit too. Yeah. Look at this. It looks like a different head, different arms, and that's about it. Yeah. Because if you look at the tactical rock and the boots, they're the same. They're the exact same. True. But you wouldn't bother with all of, yeah. I mean, that that would be fine. Um, and they've made it look like, 
I think that this is monopo. It's just that those pieces come off way. Yeah. I think that's. I don't think that's a flat socket. That is, that is very much some go one way. So I'm now, the way to, uh, now I, I know your one complaint about the 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 leagues of Oton Bruce has been the heads, and both the heads for this kit I think are stunning. It's not that I've had a problem with the heads. It's that it's felt like they've only been using five or six, and that right. they all well, kind a- of felt the same. Um, these definitely. I mean. The other head is actually a helmet, um, ironically. Well, it, it's a very dwarf helmet because, you yes. know, it's a... Because it's you literally know. a dwarf. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I saw this, like, the within, like, five minutes of them posting this, I saw it, and I was just like, ooh, that looks so good. Yeah, no, that, that this is my... Um, and you'd want to hope so because it's clearly one of the heroes. Um, right, yeah, it's, it's going to be your general. It better look good. Yeah. I just saw with the battle-ready Thonian. So we can't call it corn. But we have to make it sound like it's corn. Well, it's the League of Votan call. Um, just after the the Votan logo, even the most level-headed Hearthkin warriors and battle-ready Chthonian berserks need a stern voice. Oh, okay, never mind. That's the things that take. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, um, I really like. Them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I yet I, I'd like to see them do a post here in a couple months. You know, because you know it's coming up. But I'd like to see them do like you know everything that's you know for the line. You know, like ready to go kind of thing. Well, if our predictions are on, and they are just predictions, we don't know anything. But yeah, we said November been, this year. So we beat. Yeah, we said November because that's where <laughs> the last two were around the off one. And the sisters of battle. Um, so that would have to be that have to be doing that post during October um, because there won't be enough time for everyone about how they can't buy it. Up. Right. <laughs> um, and that is me throwing shade at the community. Um, the artwork on this guy, he looks really tall in that artwork. One uh, of the other things was you know because he's on the tactical rocks and with that artwork. But he's got the, you know, two tactical rocks, so he's even better. Well, yeah. one of them, there are his grudge rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, that's fair. Yep, no, that's fair. All right, moving so, on from moving halflings. On. So, moving on from halflings. space dwarves. Little people? Yes, to space halflings. Um, there Which was a time cool, the where there was, like, some significant people out there screaming for half um because nobody was really doing them all over oh they're everywhere now i mean tt combat just did a whole kickstarter full of this ironically i feel would fit in with the tt combat stuff really nicely though we haven't seen them side by side for obviously different companies um well if you get the stl files you could scale them so true uh i have opinions on the stl files but we'll come back to that later um i really like these look gorgeous so this is by victorian minis or victorian miniatures and it says victoria lamb that's the sculptor uh, she is victoria miniatures have been around for ages like they are a staple um and i think that they've done really well here on it it's a multi-part kit probably the only one that i don't like is the bamboo bull raw guy so weird but that's fine i don't have to like everything um yes you do it's required bruce Fine. Mm-hmm. I suppose I will like it. It's just one of those things that particular mini doesn't. Uh, but everything appears to be poseable. Even the sword coming on that guy has a ball in it, so you can kind of chain sword. Uh, you've got bare normal heads. Uh, you've got bare female heads. Normal, but you've got you've got a standard male head, a standard female head, and then you've got gas mask. Well, which I think is awesome. <laughs> yes, like th- these could fit anywhere. Um, 
the ten female heads, how- all of them look really nice too and very colorful. They're kind of like they're cartoony enough, feel fun, yeah. but without not feeling like they would fit. Um, Isn't that the point of halflings though? That was kind of what I was going on. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I, I know I said this in our private conversation as well. So you can get a set of these for thirty nine dollars. They're plastic. Uh, going to be CO cast from memory? Yeah. Yeah, CO cast, uh, which is priced really well. So why on earth would I pay $29 for a set of STLs on? But th- that STL option, to me, looks like it's been priced deliberately so that people have the option but won't bother. That's what it feels like to me, because $29 for, a, for the STL squad, that's feel like that's too much, person. I know Michelle disagreed with me on that, um, but I just I don't think that STL is worth um, for a $10 difference and this is us dollar about um so for me it's 41 dollars versus six well so the if, if you're doing one squad yeah do the plastic one if you're going to do like five squads you pay the scl then you just you know you're using your materials yeah but that, that's, that's my argument lot, that's a lot more expensive than what most companies would charge for a squad of this size for stl this is my point 29 29 for a 10 man squad 11 I, if you include the stretch goals is nowhere near thirty dollars in value. I, I don't disagree, but again, you know, I mean, that's their business. They can set their own price. Yeah, you know, if they could, you know, say you can only, you know, you can only use the STL files once, and you have to buy the STL files. Yeah, I could. So the, my argument is, you know, with with the STL file is you've bought that, you have the rights to it for your personal use. Mm. You could sit there and you know just crank them out. Yeah, yeah. but so. But you can so do that the, with a set right. that you buy for ten or fifteen dollars as well. This is my well, point. The set, what they're charging right. is significantly higher than what the industry normally. Right. So you buy the pack of models for the fifty bucks or whatever. You have that one pocket pack of models. You have to spend another fifty bucks. You spend the the slightly less price for the SCLs, and they could do six squats. Oh, they're, they're they're I they're they're intentionally charging more for the STLs to get their money's worth out of selling the STLs. Yeah, so this this is, is what I'm the, my point is and, and I don't know this, this is just the impression I have because the price on the STL is expensive and it's way more expensive than it should. But because they've done it, they don't have to listen to people arguing over the fact that they want copies. They now have their option. Uh and yeah. it's been priced at a point where honestly, I think most people will go the other way because there's better value the other. Uh, there, I know that you can print multiple copies of an STL file. That is how they work. But $39 for a set of 11 miniatures is stupid compared to what the rest of the industry like. But that is that is, that is is my hill that I want. It's too expensive for the STL. I love well, these and, minis, and, though. Yeah, and my argument is just, you know, they're getting more value out of selling their files that way, I think, is why they're yeah. doing it. So, because if they, if they sell the files at fifty percent that price, which is more the industry standard, that you know they're not going to get as much out of the work. Yes, because yeah, so yeah. All right, moving on. Um, feel like I'm hitting my head. Again. All right, I put this on here for you, socks. So you better appreciate it. I, no, I do appreciate it. It's victory at sea. So, and it's I've been looking forward to these models coming out. Um, so the first one we're looking at is the HMS. While uh, Pindy, which is a CT, yeah. So it was a cargo liner that was turned into an auxiliary warship. So think of it as a armored uh, troop transport in a sense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't play the British, so I probably won't get this one. Uh, but it it is a cool concept to have on the board. Yeah. Um, so and hey, look at this. One. They're actually showing us multiple angles. Oh. Yeah, it's helpful to look at the mini. Sorry, yep. Louis, I couldn't. I realise that you're only sharing one image at this stage for a reason. 
and that we will get more later. Making a joke. All right, moving on. So the next one is the Benson Class Destroyer. Uh, I will probably be getting a set of these since I play US. Um, so it's good to see more destroyers coming out. Um, the the US also have new planes. So if you scroll down, you can actually see the new planes, the Dauntless and the Devastator flights. I've been dying for them to come out with those flights um, because they had primarily fighters and it's about time they get more dive bombers and torpedo bombers for the game for the U.S. because they needed them so I can actually fill the, a carrier fleet. Um, but yeah, I'll be getting some of these, probably three to start out with, maybe six in the end, um, just depending on how I go. Yep. And, and, and the last the next, one oh, is the J class. Yep. So a, who is this one for? I want to say it's, yep. This is another British class uh, destroyer. Um, so again, probably won't be getting these ones, uh, but for those that play the Royal Navy, uh, great little ship um, to have, because it's always good to have more just smaller support ships. In the I game. actually really like the, the Benson class is probably my favorite uh, out of, I do yeah. think all three of yeah, and, and but I mean the J class is clearly named after me. I'd be a J there, so I, I we, we have to like it. you're gonna have to buy them, so because uh, they named it after okay. you. You have to buy them. Yeah, that's true. Because his name's not Jason. Sorry, it's major, major. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm called the Bruce for no reason at all. No reason at all. No, I just decided I was going to be called that one. No, I decided you were going to be called that one day. <laughs> yeah, because his name is Jason. All right. <laughs> And that, that started up from the hot LZ days. Yeah, quite Long literally. We're, we're actually referring to a conversation that's four years ago at this point. If five. Longer. Five. I know, because we've been yeah, going yeah. three years here. Yeah, now it'd have to be five. All right, moving on. Anyways. No, I, I think Warlord have done some really nice stuff there. Uh, it's yeah, it's they, not it's a game bad. for me, uh, and that's fine. Um but that they did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have them bringing out some more stuff, because they definitely need some more stuff uh, to, to span out the, the fleets that you can have already. So it's good to see. Yeah. But anyways, into this little game that opens up like a movie case, right? Yeah, quite literally. Except we're talking about terrain today. so I know we are. But it's for that game. It is. So we are talking about some terrain for Don't Look Back. Uh, there is some new mini- There's some new terrain that they've released. To start with, we have the Nobody Cannon. We have the Goatman Bridge. And we have the Altar of Summerton. I'm going to start with the Nobody Cannon, which is... Cabin. Isn't that what I said? Cabin. I was hearing cannon. Okay. You need to get your ears checked. <laughs> Apparently. So the Nobody Cannon... Uh, no, I did say it. Now you've got me saying it. <laughs> the Nobody Cabin is um definitely not a groovy cabin from a movie where the undead rise and it, it might be an army of, of, of darkness, perhaps. Um, Evil Dead, it's definitely not that. And it definitely doesn't come with a mini that looks like Ash. Um, I really like this cabin. Um, The way they designed their terrain based off how their game is designed... Their terrain is stunning, in my opinion, Agreed. because it's, it's more than just something you sit on the table. It's a terrain you can interact with inside of it, not just around, around it. Yeah. And by the look of it, those windows and doors might actually working, maybe? No, that front door is not actually. I think they're working uh, doors. That's really hard sh- to tell. The shutters look like it. I mean, it looks like there's a pinhole for, yeah. for where the, the door and the window shutters are able to, to swing around in. It definitely does look like it. It's hard to tell, though. Yeah. Um, coming up next, honestly, is my favorite of the three. I love it. It's really simple, but I really like it. So this Goatman Bridge, um, this one does not come with a free S file, uh, but that's fine uh, because it's also smaller and a lot cheaper. So some say that Goatman Bridge is a haunted... Um, I re- really, really like it. Um, they actually say that this could fit for a few things, and I do have it with them because, yes, obviously it works for Don't Look Back, uh, but it... It, this is something that you could very easily come across in modern day. Uh, like they mentioned, modern spec, um, which are games that they don't. Um, 
but this is kind of a... I would even say that you could probably throw this into a fantasy game, depending on the game. Maybe not Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was... Just to get that Sigmar. I mean, it's a, it's a covered wooden bridge. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean... It makes me think of the old Fable game from Xbox back in the day, because there was definitely one of these in the town. I don't remember if it was the first one or the second, but it was definitely there. Um, that's my favourite of the three. All of this stuff is pre-painted, just in case you're not overly familiar with Black Sight Studios. I don't know what this last one is from, movie-wise. I know that this is from movie. I just don't know which one. Um, and the mini that it comes with doesn't help. Um, so this is the Altar of Summit. Um, and obviously, again, this has been designed for Don't Look Back, and they as well. Um, everything comes pre-painted, same as before. So it comes with the very triangular building which is weird but it's supposed to be weird uh and it also comes the side comes off it comes with the altar because this is some weird cult type building uh and it comes with they're literally calling him hammer guy this is going to be based on something i just don't know what it's based clearly something i see Mm -hmm. um really nice looking stuff and i like the fact that they're doing stuff that's left of center uh rather than just like how many cabins can you have they actually doing stuff because i mean everybody does city buildings and they do too but doing stuff like this if you have different things uh it'll potentially mean that they will look at your different over somebody else's the same building that's what i like that's just you guys have any preferences between the three uh obviously the the first cabin because you know yeah i like the cabin too it would I be mean, fun to play yeah. out evil dead i don't know if this would be the game this is more designed for in like an over an overbearing killer as opposed because evil dead is more like multitudes uh, of stuff hello evil ash actually that's a point yeah actually that's a good point it's not on the top of my head yeah <laughs> all right moving on again to a kickstarter printable scenery we've talked about a couple of times they have scenery that you can print on a 3D printer. Wow, it's almost like their name is printed. That is done that way. So this particular one is all medieval towns. Um, so this is, again, something that you could very easily fit in um, fantasy or historicals or whatever you want. Uh, it is designed partially with D&D in mind as well. Um, mm-hmm. so that's where their base is from. Um, I'm not sure you'd get as much use out of this in D&D. Um, depends on how you want to play it. I mean, some people like to have down and build it up. Personally, if I'm just going through a town roleplay at combat, I really like this stuff. Uh, the roofs See, in particular really jump out at it. So, so this kind of like, you know, where you, you pledge a X amount and you get the entire kit for the, the entire, you know, village or whatever. This is the kind of thing where it's just like, you know, a, a turban organizer or, you know, a store where it's like, yeah, I'll pump this down, you know, I'll print it out. And then I have like a full table set for, you know, my store, my tournament, whatever. Yeah. Um, or if you're one of those guys where you have a massive room and the shelf space to it where you can print all the stuff out and you have a specific theme set for, you know, whatever game you're doing, whether it is a D&D or a... Age of Sigmar, or the list goes on. Yeah. I mean, some people have those rooms. I don't. The terrain that I have at the moment is already a problem, and, and most of my stuff is not built yet. I need more shelves. Um, this is... Uh, this is a, So you're looking at... This is New Zealand dollars, so it is less, guys, but it's 90... Uh, I think it was like 50 bucks. Yeah. For... yeah. So you've got the country pledge, and you've got the king pledge. The king pledge. And if you go through the, um, the stretch unlocks, it actually says what they come by. Um, and they, they tend to do this quite a lot. In the cave one that we'd looked at previously, there was like goblin village stuff. No, it was like there was stuff for over the top, and then there was goblin stuff for underground. Um, so they've done the same. If you look through, you do actually both. You've got this little village, and that's of country pledge, and then you've got the big castle. It's fairly straight. Um, or you can buy both for 100 again is Zealand dollars. Both you and I think they've done and it. And it looks like 
and it looks like if you scroll the way down, you can add on previous yeah, sets that, they, that they've designed. So I really like that they've done some of this buildings in a ruined aspect because then you could walk into like a ruined town that's got decimated by a dragon years ago, and then all of a sudden you're still wandering through it. Or if you're playing a game and a building gets destroyed, you can actually replicate it on the table. Because most of these ruins are ruined versions of buildings that they have. Yeah, and you don't see that very often. No. Um, I mean, there are certain companies to it, but no, it's not there something are. that you see a lot. Knights of Dice have done it. Um, hi, Viv, you overcapped. I like This stuff is just beautiful. Um, George mentioned earlier about the um, previous Kickstarters. You get a preview down the bottom. So there's a whole thing about halflings. I mean, we haven't spoken about halflings for, it feels like years now. Ten minutes. <laughs> Ten minutes. Um... There's also furnishing wizard stuff, uh, wastes. So th- there's a lot of ship. different stuff. And it tends the to ship. be... Actually, the ships are amazing. There's, a, there's an undead ship that I... Um, alternatively, you can buy the stuff separately through their website. But if you buy it the website, you do tend to get it at a higher... Can, if you do want to get the older stuff, you are better off buying stuff because you do get a little bit of... All right. Moving on from one dice tower to another. And I think this might I, be the cooler one because this I, one... Yeah, I, is drinking yeah. horn. Yeah, I, I saw this pop up and I was just like, well, that's cool. So, this is yeah, the most is unique the... dice tower I have ever seen. The only it, thing it I would say the... is the inside of this appears to be smooth and that's not going to help your dice be ran. The only negative well, I've if got. You, if you look at it, it curves and turns as it goes down. Yeah, but your dice could still and probably will just hit that and then slip. That's true. But yeah, but that's I think it's... That's not why it's here. It's here to look cool. Uh, what it, it's, it's a mead horn that is mounted so you dump your dice in the top, and they come out the bottom. That's literally it. It's a STL file you buy. Um, I didn't even look. Uh, it's five euro. Yeah. So five bucks for the file. Hypothetically, um, if you wanted to add a few things to this to help make the dice actually roll, because you printed in sections, you could probably just glue some things on the inside to help force the dice to roll. Like sprue chunks? Sprue chunks, um, wedges, like just stuff to block them. You wouldn't want too many because your dice will get stuck in it. But yeah. Something but so that it can to, then hit, hit and it. bounce. And I'd be putting it towards the top, not at the bottom, because if you put them towards the bottom, then you're going to get the issue. Um, Getting stuck. Yeah. I really, so, really like this. This is so, so fun. Oh, so with that, for, I stand for 50 euro. You can upgrade it. Uh, well, for 50 euro, you, down. you can spend uh, uh, 50 euro and get a commercial license and print and sell. That'd be that, that'd be worth it. Honestly. So, But yeah, I was, I was just curious. Like, I'm a fan of Dice Towers just because, you know, it's 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 a fun little thing. Like you know, it it it, t- it makes it even a little more random for rolling dice. And I saw this, and I was like, that's just so cool. Yeah, I, I really really like it. dice towers. Is something that everybody needs. And as much as a lot of dice towers kind of all look the same and kind of boring, it's one of the reasons why I like the terrain one. This is not a terrain one, obviously, uh, but this is just so different. Uh, don't well, look, don't look, actually drink out of this. Yeah, no, it won't hold beverages. Um, well, I, you could print it to where it could though. No, because it won't be food safe. Who cares about that? Do you think they cared about that 100 years ago? They weren't printing stuff out of resin. Yeah, but the Romans were eating lead because it tasted sweet, so... The Romans were stupid. Hey, their roads are still in better shape than mine. That's fair. It's not their fault. It's not their fault you live in nowhere. So... Uh, You can't can't expect the government to fix roads in a state that doesn't exist. Come on. But, so, I mean, but this is the kind of thing where it's like, you know, you know, your friends that, you know, play games, you know, print this out, Christmas gift, birthday gift, whatever. Yeah. I know you mentioned the license price earlier, but I don't think we've actually mentioned this tower is only five euro. No, I said that. Yeah, it was, it's only five euro for the, yeah. And this is just, it's such good value, this. I mean, it's just one item. Yes. This is just so much fun. Also, I have to point this out. Did you see what his pledge goal was? Yeah. 10 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. 
I just need a tenner. A lot of people do. A lot of people do that though, and they the idea because people will back so, it when they see that it's over the line. So you, they take the risk on that, hoping to make sure that it does actually. Yeah. Most of the work yeah, will already be done. On. I was gonna say, like, if he doesn't have this file ready to go, I mean, <laughs> well, you can see the file. Yeah. Exactly. The only, the only so. question would be would be the support. Um, is obvious. Oh, doesn't say. All right, moving on from one three D printing company to another, but this one's not on Kickstarter. I want to look at three D Alien Worlds again because their stuff is so pretty. We have looked at these guys before. Uh, we touched on a couple of their sets previously, and we kind of did these guys for an indie at some stage um the samurai shrine set is the newest thing that they've done and as far as value is concerned uh it's not actually available yet but the set comes with like this is almost a bushido table just by itself you're getting all of these land all of these roads work so nice um i kind of want roads themselves so pretty the temple itself is quite big the temple itself shrine itself dark samurai t- uh, for a bushido table but it's not made specific Bushido, it's just Japanese themed rain. Um, Where's Bushido 2x2? Two 2x2. By two? Two by two. So this, this, which is fine, because that would take up most of a 2x2 two by. Two by. Yeah, but if you just grab all the little streets and the fences and the little smaller shrines, that would work perfect. Yeah, the lanterns, I, this stuff. I, I, would even, I, would, I would even argue, like, taking that building and putting it on the back edge of one of the four sides of the board. Mm. I think that would I would think that would create a u- very interesting unique table instead of just plopping it down the middle. The only thing I will say is that they haven't shown I assume um because yeah they're up dead sent get inside the building. Kind of creates a little bottleneck especially if you've got if you're playing uh totems or something and one of the totems is on the inside and that's the one that's worth the most points. Uh then you're forcing a bit of a bottleneck to try and which might be interesting for the game. Uh it just depends on what that that final actual size. Um as weird as it is I think my favorite part of this is actually the roads. And it's such a boring thing to really like. But they're so unique. Like the tile road type idea. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. this is the thing that existed for a long time. But I don't know anybody else that's made. I mean, maybe they have. But I, I just don't know of anybody else that has. This stuff is just so pretty. As where the sounds, I'm kind of a fan of the tree stump. Yeah, the tree stump's nice. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that. Wh- what kind of piece of terrain is that? How many people are like, let's just have a tree stump. Yeah. It's either the tree or nothing. You know, like... It's it's a line of sight, but it looks like it's something that you could very easily get up and stand upon. Oh, the jade dragon, so the the jade line. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of this. It, it looks uh, also from 3D Alien Worlds. We have a dice tower because it seems to be the theme of the episode. Uh, I was gonna say we we've talked about more dice towers in this uh, this episode than we have this entire year so far. Um, this is easily my favorite of all um all of this stuff is 3d printed but this legitimately looks like something that you would find like this looks like uh, the, the one from sarissa precision is nice it's not this nice it's not even close um, so my, my argument with this one is the roofs i think they're way too over exaggerated as far as like how far out from the the center of the building they are i, th- I think they need to be h- half of what they are for it to look appropriate but it still looks really cool i'm, I'm yeah no yeah i agree they look a little big. I don't know. I mean, it gave me the... I, I can't remember what the movie is, but there was a movie that was being filmed while Bruce Lee passed away, and the building looked very similar. It may not quite be as wide. That's what it reminds me of, anyway. Uh, obviously, yeah, you, you take the roof off, and that's where your dice tower comes into it, and then it rolls out into the field below. I really, really like this. Apparently, I'm by myself on this, but I really like this. See, so so take this, put that in the center, replace, and use the other set with the roses and stuff like that, and then I think you have a better a better terrain. For Bushido, yeah. Um, especially th- when you this include... This may still be too big for Bushido. If, if you take away the fence portion and just the square base... Yeah, th- that's this like one... What? 
This one definitely does not end up in the centre of the table like the other one does, obvious reason. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It'd be interesting just, to see. I, I'd say the base of that is six by six inches, maybe even eight by eight at the most, not counting the 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 fences. garden. Yeah, which the, is, the fences. Which is a quarter of your table, if it's a two by two. Yeah, a six by six. That's So, so the, setting this up with the fence... And yes, I know that you said that you would take the fence away. Um, so there's literally a quarter of your table because it goes from the very edge of deployment to the very center point of the table. Because if you look, the fence is the same size as the base of the tower. Sure, it I get it, but it's, it's it's taking up less space than the other building, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 of course. So that, that, that's, that's what my point and takeaway was, that this, this would fit better than the other building. Um, but then you also pair uh, the, the third link you've got here, which market souls. Yeah. For the um, record... Like, because I'm just giving feedback from a Bushido perspective, because that's what I play. This is not designed specifically for Bushido. It works insanely well for Bushido for obvious reasons, but it's not what it's specifically designed. This is designed as samurai terrain for any number of. I just want to clarify that. We may get the impression that the guy's designing stuff for game when it's not specific. Uh yes, market stalls. Market stalls is is a game setting that works very well, mm-hmm. um, and it would work very well for Bushido because why not? Why does everything always have to be in some random village with no? people in it why can't a battle happen in the middle of an actual real place well not real but you know what I'm- more uh, an urban setting yeah um and all of these market stores like they all look different they're all holding different things i like the fact that you're getting minis that look like they belong in the middle of the table whether you would use them for a game is another question but if you are actually playing a more generic setting or if you are role playing in feudal japan um then you literally have a table here ready to go to role play out whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing uh-huh. i was gonna say yeah because i mean you can put enough spacing where you can move in between, but line of sight is just broken up, and yeah, yep. it's... There's a nice shot at the end of um, of all of them. So there's, what, 10 different market stalls, which feels about right. Um, there's some of them that are bigger than the others, which again, yeah, feels 10. right. The fish stall is the big one. Well, it's probably one of the most important parts of the, the, the village. Yeah. Food. <laughs> Real deal. Toys and kites. You need to paint up the toys to look like Bushido model, maybe. <laughs> I, I i really like this stuff on the fruit and veggie ones the bigger one as well which again makes sense I, yeah the, the, these look good yeah no they, they've they've really outdone them. so there we go that's 3d alien wells not all of that has been released this week uh some of this i know the dice tower was there at least a few weeks ago but it's not something that we'd covered there is a couple of other new things there as well that i haven't covered i will just quickly show off on camera there is a sumo ring here uh which is quite fun it's literally just a giant building like this would work in the middle of a table very well um i would probably rule it so that you you have full line of sight when you're in it but maybe not from the outside blocking terrain until you climb up those stairs maybe uh it might make for an interesting game uh but otherwise and i like the sumo model something that i could see work see working for a game but otherwise shall we discuss it indie definition independent type slang word jargon oh boy do i like this <laughs> you're a fan you're of, a fan of exploitation. Are you, a, are you a fan of flags, are you? Well, so Warlord Games, is it Warlord? What's Warlord? Uh, yeah, well, they do an American Civil War game, and I've always been tempted to get into it, and okay. you can get flags for that entire army, and you can get regimental flags for the different regiments. So, and, and, this week we are yeah. talking, and, and ironically, I came across this last night trying to find something. I was almost going to cover something entirely different. Um, so, Flags of War is a miniature company based in Europe. They have a whole heap of different things available. So just looking at the miniatures, we have a whole heap of 
things from the War of Austrian Succession. There's a whole heap of stuff from the Jacobite Rebellion um, we will look at. Street Wars New York City, which is where... Black exploitation. That, that, that's where George from. Border Wars. But the first one I want to click on is Funky Skull Miniature, because this is what got my attention. And I want you to open up Dueling Sea Dogs. Why has nobody done Popeye and all of that before? I don't care about anything else. Everything else on this website is secondary to Popeye. This just works for me. Yeah, this is awesome. It is a really cool bolo too. Uh, the only one I would probably say olive oil looks a little bit weird, but that yeah. face that face on olive oil doesn't. I mean, olive oil has a weird head anyway, but in the cartoon, like she has it's a touching. really weird looking head, but yeah, there's, something off, there's something off about olive. We also have some daring detective and some teen adventurers. All of this stuff is very, very fun. So the... The Daring Detectives is definitely not Tintin. Definitely not Tintin. And that's definitely not that's definitely not his dog that's right there next to him. Uh, you've got the two French guys. You've got the captain. Like, this is... And you've got the professor. You've got a Tintin adventure waiting to happen. And Teen Adventurers. Teen Adventurers. It's so good. I don't recognize those at all. No, definitely not. It's definitely not from a very popular movie from the 80s. I mean, it's it's a movie that clearly nobody saw which is why we've been, have been screaming for a sequel ever since. Josh Brolin's actually starting to push for it now, though, too. So he, he, I think he's got enough um, influence that now. Josh Brolin was until the writer part. Was it the writer or the director? Somebody passed away. Um, mm. And as far as he was concerned, it didn't happen unless the whole team, um, because it was too important. I, I would love to have seen it, because this is a particular franchise that I think really could have worked with a modern redo. Not, not redo, but um, with a modern twist on the sequel like they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think it would have really worked for this. (sighs) All right. There's also a whole heap of medieval. So so real quick, if if you go to Street Wars New York City. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next. That's not the crow. Lee Raven. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. That's actually well spotted. I hadn't gotten that far down. Oh, I just closed it. I'm an idiot. That is so well done. I just found a better one. Yeah. Jake Lee Fu. Is that the guy from Teenage? That would it be is. Casey Jones. I have a friend that always used to joke that um, Jason Voorhees ripped off Casey Jones. Now, obviously, that doesn't work as old. You know, kind of Does he also think that um, uh, Tolkien ripped off J.K. Rowling, too? He might have done. That would be after our time. Uh, I want to have a look at this funky Rob Big. Oh, it's an undead guy. Funky dude is a is somehow this guy was so funky that even in the afterlife he still has a has an afro. This might be my favorite skeleton of all time. Funky dude is literally a miniature of their logo. So this is all very fun and very silly. Um, it's not all going to be for everyone. It's definitely going for a very specific uh, flair with this. Um, Go to M13 Stanley and tell me who that is. M13 Stanley? Okay. Or what he's looking for. Oh, it's um, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Actually, that's a really nice, well done mini, too. It looks just like the act. Well, the, the second head up the actor, the second. Um, I, I, I really like this stuff. I mean, look, it's not like most of this is very, very silly, uh, and that's fine. Um, and. Yes, obviously, black exploitation is part of what they're going for on this. I kind of get the impression because it feels like it's more taking the piss um, to me um, more than like, it's 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 leaning into that the same way that minis lean into the '80s stuff and the silliness of it. That's the impression I well, get just from looking at it. Yeah, well, it's 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 based off black exploitation, which you know, Undercover Brother. That was wholly hilarious. That was Undercover Brother is amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Black Cobra's Gang, that is the the pinnacle of what I was talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. 
this is literally the it's it's people from um uh the Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon? No. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. One of these literally looks like the guy from Enter the Dragon. This uh, so, it's so, a lot of fun. You you want to talk about great skulls? Yes. Go to the Devil Outcast gang. Oh, nice. That works. You see the dude with the baseball bat? Yeah, that looks really nice. Now you need to blur that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't why I would be blurring anything. It's a rude gesture. Oh yeah. I was thinking so- <laughs> I-, I was thinking something else. Alright, let's check out. I want to look at but uh and let I'm just gonna go to nineteen forty five sorry, seventeen forty five deal. I don't want to look kind of so let's have a look at the Jacobite Highlanders muskets. This is a very, very oh there's lowlander muskets. Let's go to Jacobite. Oh wait, no, there isn't. Okay, miniatures, Jacobite Rebellion, and then go to Jacobite. So the Jacobite Rebellion is not something I know very much of. I know it's a very big thing in history that people wanted to play and couldn't, uh, but it's not something I'm really over self do. I don't historical gaming. Um, this definitely doesn't feel as silly as the other stuff we were looking at. So not everything is silly and over the top. Some of the stuff is just just minis. Uh, the Royal Cozy is standing firing. Looks like everything is metal as well. Um, nothing is well. Um, uh, the Socks, you had noticed something for Civil War. Yeah, so go under the 1800 and then American Civil War, and you can get flags for... Oh, oh there it is. The Confederate, the, the Army, Union Army, the Cavalry... Division Corps. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, the one I was looking at in particular was I've been to the battlefield, Gettysburg, which is up in uh, Pennsylvania. And so uh, I was just looking to see if some of the flags from the, the regiments that fought there were there. And lo and behold, 20th Maine is there. And I've actually been on the spot where they were standing and then charged down the hill. So that, that's it's funny you mentioned that because they also have uh, the U.S. Uh, 7th Cav Custer's personal yep. guide on. Which... Yeah, I saw that too. I've been to where he died, so... I'm going to take all of your words on it. <laughs> um, is- flags are something that kind of, like, you would expect to see more of. Some, um, so it's nice when you do get... I mean, is, is it hard to do this stuff? I mean, no, you could probably set it out in a Word document properly, eventually, but buying a set of these is a lot easier. Yeah, I was going to say, you know... that's IT-based. Well, get yourself a, a set of uh, uh, mailing labelers, you know, find an image, print a label, cut it out, stick it on. I mean, it's better than me acting like a, uh, un un untalented two-year-old drawing a flag. <laughs> yeah, so Flags of War has a lot of... have a lot of interesting things. Uh, not all of it is going to be for everyone. Uh, I mean, the, the very silly stuff that we were looking at originally is very much going to be for a very specific part of, of the world. And there is a lot of stuff on here that we haven't looked at. Of, uh, I mean, there's stuff from Napoleonics. Um, you can get Nazi flags. You could, if you wanted to. Uh, there's stuff, Chinese Civil War. There's lots and lots of stuff that we have, including a whole fantasy range that I'm going to open. Um, and now that we've looked at it, we can move on to Hobby. Dream, blue, crying, paint. What have you been up to, Sock? Not a whole lot. Unaccept. I know. Um, we we took a break from school, so we were doing some stuff around this with uh, just going to see some sites, and then we started school back up with the the kids, and so trying to get them back in the swing of things. So that's that's been my scheduling in the evenings. So we homeschool our kids, so uh, we took a little bit of a break so they could have somewhat of a summer break because they didn't really have much of one. Because uh, just because when we have family in town, that's kind of their breaks. And, and so we extended their, their schooling into the summer a little bit because we had so much family coming and visiting us over the last year yeah. um, that we've been here. So uh, we kind of took a little bit a little bit of a break. So now they're back in it. So cool. I've been trying to help them So and the wife. So George. That's, that's been it. But I hope to get some painting done here soon. George? I, I, 
I punched cardboard tokens out. That's exciting. What for? Uh, Massive Darkness 2. Ah, nice. Um, there are so many tokens in that game. It's a Simon S- game, I'm not surprised. Well, and since, like... Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, yeah, ten, good one. point. Yeah. I've got oh, 13 I'm boxes. Like I'm going to have that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we should do a live stream of that, Bruce. Of me, <laughs> of me poking out tokens. No, we could do it together. It'll be so exciting for people to watch. Don't worry. Have you seen some of the stuff? I, I feel the same way when I open up a box or a board game from Fantasy Flight because they have they are also lots of tokens. Board, yeah. yeah, Fantasy Flight's a pretty big one on that, too. Um, no, but I have been doing some sketching and planning uh, on building my shelf to hold all of this when I pull everything out in two weeks to redo the floor and then start actually like putting the stuff back together. I've been doing sketching and stuff recently as well, without saying like too much because it's a Patreon. Have you guys actually been looking at the stuff that i've been doing yeah your sketching is not too terrible uh, from what yeah. from what you said there, there, there's not, that i am not an artist and i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i'm an artist <laughs> so so on a recommendation though have you tried any of those uh, ai drawing uh websites no um i have been tempted uh the only reason i haven't is i don't know ip wise because if my project actually ends up going ahead i would like to be mine uh rather than stuff well i pushed. i, I, I I'm just suggesting as like placeholders in the time being to to True. to where you you can you know say make it this but not this yeah um so yeah I've been spending a lot of time on that there's been a couple of um logos that I've designed recently which maybe I can look up hang on uh I'm gonna interject real quick because I'm still looking at uh the indie the fantasy flags a lot of those are from a uh, well-known book series that the tv show got finished before the book series got finished and now is our it, prequels coming out is it something that's based on a war around flowers uh no uh a, a chair made out of swords yes but the book series is loosely based on the war of the rose very um i want okay anyway yeah i was gonna bring up the logos but i can't with that so um yeah, I've been working a little bit on my secret project. Uh, it's, again, coming very, very close. I actually have the turning templates done now. A friend actually did those for me. Because um, the issue I was having is... Okay, so if you have movement templates that need accurate inches, it's not overly difficult, right? Because you just use a ruler. Essentially, yeah. Except yep. except if you need that to be on a specific curve. Because if you yeah. use a computer and you stretch something into a curve, it doesn't do this. It stretch. So then you would have to remeasure everything every time you move. So he managed to get it and it should be extremely close. The point where it's close enough and I have all three of my movements. So in theory, I can test certain parts of the game. Oh yeah, it's a game. Yeah. So yeah. Um, otherwise, I have been building my Ecto-1, the Lego set that I purchased a little while ago. I'm about a third of the way through now, maybe half of the way through. Um, it's It, it actually looks like something now. Does um, it look like Lego? I mean, it does, but it also looks like Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Made a Lego. Lego kit. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't look like Lego, I'd be a little bit concerned, I suppose. Um, I actually got a game of something in. I have played things. Ooh. I played Bushido Friday night. Oh, nice. So I recently have been painting up a whole heap of stuff for my of the army painter stuff, and it's a new faction that I've been painting as part of my test. So I bought a whole heap of Bakimono, which I don't mind actually revealing now because I was kind of not talking about what it was there for a little bit. The Bakimono were the little gremlin-looking dudes, little goblin-looking dudes. Oh, nice. Uh, I've been painting my guys up trying to make them look like they're because i mean i didn't want to do green body always does green um and i kind of, I kind of picked a sandy color thinking that it would just look 
like it's not natural and I didn't want the skin to like look like a natural skin tone. It's kind of come out looking Middle Eastern, which is disappointing. Um, but I, I don't mind the way they look, honest. Um, I just hope that people don't look at it designed. Definitely was not. Um, I had considered strip and paint right bright as I thought, but I'm just going to keep, keep on doing what I'm Um Game went fairly well. Um, I was playing with these guys for the first time, so I definitely made a lot of mistakes. The first two rounds, genuinely, it looked like I was going to slaughter the guy. Uh, and then everything went wrong, and everything just fell apart, and I lost really badly. Is that why you started rolling dice? No, dice didn't really play a huge factor in. See, the Bakimono are very much like they're a horde faction. They're very, very weak. Uh, but you have a lot of them. And I had seven people, but his four are all very very much very um so the moment he started killing um and i kind of made the mistake of like because these guys can all pull their their key together key is what you use to get off certain abilities and because i had all of this key i just used all of them then i didn't have enough to really take advantage when i needed it as opposed yeah uh, and i was probably protecting the wrong people at certain points too uh i, I spent a whole heap of key trying to boost the weaker guys pointless guys i don't care about them um but yeah that that's I really enjoyed the game on um, a while since I've played Cheeto because there's only a couple of us playing it at the moment. The other guys that were playing it are kind of lost in Bot War, um, which is fine. I mean, I like Bot War as well, um, but really itchy. Next week, I'm going to be getting my first game of Moonstone. I'm excited as well. Okay. Talk nerdy to me. All right, back into Drop Zone Commander this time, and we are looking at the Resistance Hep heavies because the Resistance is... So in Drop Zone, uh, we don't have this issue, this issue of one ship being for um everything so there is actually some stuff to talk got, about here ships we've got um, three things we've got a hannibal tank vehicles. we've got a napoleon tank um and we have the thunderstorm heavy hovercraft which i already know is very popular the hovercraft is very popular people complain about the fact that it's not in stock all the time um socks you want to go for the hannibal yep so i'll go for the hannibal it's a uh, 40 points a piece your squad size is two to four as a transport capacity uh, or transport requirement i should say not capacity transport requirement of three so you uh just make note of that when you're building your list uh it's move is three it's countermeasures is active armor 15 damage two it's a tank no special rules it's 120 millimeter punisher cannon which uh has uh it can move and fire. It's full value. Front and side, rear. Uh, range full is infinite. Range countered is 18 inches. As one shot, two, act, two plus accuracy. Energy is 10. And then it has a 90 millimeter cannon. Again, it has a full range of move and fire. It's front arc only. Range full is infinite. Range countered is also 18 inches. One shot, two plus accuracy, nine energy on that one. And then you have a machine gun. Uh, again, no moving fire penalties. Front side, rear, 24 inch full, 12 inch countered, three shots, three plus accuracy, four energy. And then you can replace the 120 millimeter Punisher cannon with a high X hammer cannon for 10 points. And the high X hammer cannon is no penalty for moving fire. Uh, front side, rear, 12 inches countered and 12 inches full. Uh, one shot uh two plus accuracy 11 energy and has the devastator four for scenery so if you want to destroy some scenery take the high x uh hammer cannon but if you want to try and deal some damage to some tanks i stick with the 120 millimeter um pretty much yeah mm -hmm. uh, it, it's another one of these that, that have a lot of options well not a lot but it, ha it has the options you mentioned um, yeah it doesn't have fava beans with a nice chianti though no doesn't but with it, 15 it, it armor fails. that's yeah <laughs> having 15 armor and two damage points it's one of the heaviest uh units in the game in terms of armor with multiple hit points given that it's um, only 40 points too i mean this is pretty good value i was i was gonna say look at that uh the 120 mil cannon and the 90 mil cannon uh 40 point model those seem like really good weapons yeah uh squad size of two to four 
So you're looking at forty. You're looking at eighty points minimum. One hundred and sixty if you want to bring two or two full. Uh, I mean, I kind sets. of like the idea of bringing a full squad of them and having one of the hammer cannons just so that you've got that option because you've still got the ninety mil cannon on it. Yeah. All right, moving on. George, would you like to cover Mr. Napoleon? Yes, uh, the Napoleon heavy tank, unlike his uh, namesake, is 120 points. He is obviously, uh, uh, you know, big there because he's got a move of two inches, uh, countermeasures are active, armor of 15, damage of five. He is a tank. Um, Banisher, rotary cannon, move and fire, no penalty. Arc is front and side. Rage is 36, full counter is 18. Uh, eight shots. Armor or uh, accuracy of three plus with energy of six. Cover soft body focus minus two. Um, then you have. He's got the, two of those. Yeah, it's got two of those. Same stats. So um, that's a lot of shots. Yeah. Then you have uh, chain gun. There's two of those. Um, oh, is that a uh, dash two instead of minus two? Dash two. Sorry, dash two, not minus two. Um, yes. Yeah. Ch- chain gun. Uh, move and fire. No penalty. Arc is front and side. Uh, range is thirty six. Uh, countered is eighteen shots for uh, three up to hit and energy six uh, and it has focus of two. Um, this tank has a lot of shots. This tank is slow and this tank is expensive. Well, all, all and you only get one for one point. Yeah, yeah, you get one tank for one hundred twenty points. Yeah. As opposed to the previous option, I've had four of them. But this is, right. I mean, this is a very powerful weapon. Uh, there is a little note down there on the bottom that when you're using focus, oh. uh, no individual allowed to go above 10. You're going to be limited on what this can do. On your banisher rotary cannon. Yes. So, so on the bigger of the, of the two cannons. That, that's only if you're using your focus. Correct. So you get your focus, but your focus is going to cost probably. I, I think this might be the better look. I, I think the, I actually prefer this over. I love the hover. Don't get me wrong; it looks cool. This might be my favorite aspect. Uh, yeah, it, it it definitely has the coolest look for sure. It's so the, unique. Uh, the quad- I've not really seen like tank. Yeah, and and this one is a very so. Yeah, you have the focus fire that you can use, but this one is going to be clearly to to get infantry out of buildings um, with the 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 ability to go through both soft and body cover on your banisher cannon. Um, just, just sit there and tear infantry apart. Yep. Go for it. It's going to be four. All right. Um, Last but not least, we have the Thunderstorm Heavy Hovercraft. So this is 200 points. So this is even more again. Uh, squad size of one takes up 12 slots. So this thing is just moves 10 inches though. So you don't necessarily need it to be taken across. Uh, active countermeasures. E plus one, uh, armor of 13, damage of nine. It's a skimmer, hovercraft. Uh, it has also is a command center. It's large. So this thing has four looted plasma cannons. All of them have a move and fire of inches, front, side, and rear. The range full is 18 inches, counted as 18. One shot, accuracy of two plus, energy 12. The special, devastator two, three, and uh, hovercraft. When a unit disembarks from this unit, measure from any spot on its edge. Rather, uh, a disembarking unit suffers only plus one penalty to its accuracy, plus two, uh, and can target aircraft round. Additionally, this unit does not have to start the game in reserve, ignoring aerial advantage. So, because the hovercraft is designed in its way, you can kind of just jump in. Yep. Also, they have the ability to access, so it's making allowance for the way that a hovercraft acts. So, this actually performs a couple of different duties. I mean, this can work, this can move... 10 inches, but this can actually take stuff well. Yep. So you can bring like six flame wagons, for example, or two, uh, six storm wagons, storm artillery wagons. And I've actually played against one of these, uh, long time ago in the tournament that I played in while I was still in England and it was nasty I mean I mean this thing is six about six inches square so just think of this thing I mean this this model is huge 
Yeah. And then just rolling up there, shooting the plasma weapons, and then unloading good number of vehicles right into your face at the same time. And so it's um, kind of nasty. So yeah, but you've got flame wagons, very attack ATVs, free riders, storm artillery, moat bomb buses. There's, there's quite a few options. Yeah. Uh, the Columbus Battle War. You don't get to. You, you do have a lot of options there. Um, I quite like um because it's it's a it's a carrier that actually does more than just carry. I I can't sit here and say that any of them are bad, honestly. And I see I feel like I say that every time. Uh, I think the Napoleon heavy tank takes it for me. But that ha- that the Hannibal is much better value than I was expecting. Um, given that it's kind of a one trait, that actually can do. You take four of those, you're gonna do quite well. Uh, my math was slightly out on what I said. It only three of. Them. But still, three three of them. That's six damage total across the unit, and and so that's three different targets that I'm having to kill instead of just one. So I so have a feeling taking more than poly. So my issue is if you're gonna dump the kind of money or money, well, money, yeah, uh, uh, points. <laughs> Um, put, get yourself the, uh, the Thunderstorm Heavy Hovercraft, transport some stuff, get a couple of Hannibals, and then get the Alexander Heavy Tank as your, uh, command vehicle. Yeah. Instead instead of the, using a Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, I could say that. Because, you know, that, that Alexander, it's your command vehicle. It can do some of the heavy lifting that the the other the Napoleon can, but it's got a really big gun with the chain guns. It's yep. fewer points. Yeah, that's no, that's a good option. Yeah, the thing I like about the Napoleon is what Sox was saying, where it could it could just tear through the buildings and get things out. Yeah, that that's the benefit there because the Hannibal can't. Um, and and what what's the primary objective in drop zone? Going in to buildings with infantry and getting the objectives. Out. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I think the best option out of those though is that thunderstorm, just because it's got teeth and it can carry other stuff that has teeth as well. Yeah, quite literally. And and, and based off what I remember of the game, ten inches is a pretty decent move factor it is, for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think what's six and eight was considered to be kind of long, and, yeah. and throwing out there, you know, something that's ten that can you know unload a bunch of other stuff. That's that's not that's, a, pretty... that's not an aircraft too, because. Your aircraft are, are usually 8, 12 inches, 16 inches, but something on the ground, you're absolutely right. 10 inches across the ground, that's massive for a ground unit. Yeah. And then, and then you're able to dump stuff out on top of that on the same same activation. So The thing I like about drop zone, and I do kind of hint towards this a lot, uh, but I don't think I've outright said it since we did kind of that episode where it's like, this is the base. There's not really a lot of things in this that are bad. Like Everything has a place that it could be used. Um, this is one of those games where thankfully and unfortunately kind of want to have everything because everything does potentially have a place. Um, so a lot of this stuff is not so much a matter of, I mean, is there going to be stuff that's more optimal? Yes. Uh, but you're never going to take things and just look at them and go, well, this was pointless. I should never again. Uh, it's more going to be looking at stuff. Well, that didn't work for me today, but this is why. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you take the Napoleon and never really get the chance to use it in the buildings or against the buildings, obviously you'll be disappointed, but that won't make the Napoleon a bad, a bad choice. So that's what I like about drop zone, that everything has a place. Maybe not next. All right. Upcoming events. Uh, we've got the same couple this time. Uh, Socks, do you have the date for your next meetup? So we are not doing one in September. Uh, I know that. Because he's going to be out of town. Uh, so October time, I'm not sure. It's probably going to be, just looking at the calendar on my computer real quick, it's probably going to be October 8th or 15th because it's usually the second or third week yep. of the month. So my guess is 8th or the 15th will be cool. the next one. Uh, PAX West takes place in September from the 2nd till the 5th. Uh, PAX Australia takes place from October 7th till 9th. 
So I won't be able to come to your event, I'm sorry, Socks, because I'll be at PAX Australia. Okay. Uh, Three-day passes are sold out. The one-day passes are still going, but Saturday is 70% sold out. Saturday is the biggest day of the event, so if you are wanting to go on the Saturday, you're probably something about it. Uh, you're only looking at probably another month Saturday sold out. Uh, PAX Unplugged, December 2nd till 4th. Uh, and that's it as far as the upcoming events is concerned at this stage. Um, thank you, as always, to those that support us. We do appreciate it. Uh, thank you for those that have been giving feedback on my secret project i do appreciate that as well um if you enjoy our content uh if you would like to contribute towards feedback if you have anything that you want to say at all uh you can reach out towards us at gettingtabled.gmail.com you can support us at patreon.com slash getting tabled uh, you get early access to practically everything that we do uh including videos there's behind the scenes stuff that you get access to you get to talk to us on the discord we do have a discord the link is on your screen now uh feel free to join that you don't have to be a patreon to join it don't get access to the patreon stuff without being a patron um which at this stage is the knowledge of my secret game or not knowledge the 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 access to the development progress uh and the patreon we have a youtube channel youtube.com slash getting tabled that's where the video version of this podcast will be hosted. Um, as always, Patreon get access to the video edition on the day that it goes live. Everybody else gets it the following week. So there is a definitely a decent reason to follow that. Um, otherwise, Twitter and Instagram is at gettingtabled. Website is gettingtabled.weebly.com to update. And my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce. Mondays and Thursdays, that schedule is likely to be changed. Do the thing? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The podcast created by Eric Mather at Sound Image Dark.